this is the tenth episode. Yes, of really let's, let's sanity. Let's take it. Let's take a, a an analysis of our sanity. Are we Saner? more sane? Or no? I think that's, so. That's not I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. so. Or at least I, in that uh, in that area of religion. That's hopefully. right. It's Let actually. I think this is uh, 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 knowledge. This knowledge you're giving us, for me, it has seeped into my other faith life. <laughs> and I really, I really think so. I think oh, it has. Oh, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. That's. Uh, and in the beginning, yeah. I was scared of of, of the, scared of all these demons and goddesses and everything. And now, I open them. I, I welcome them with open arms. Mm, oh, but, but, yeah, but what yeah, do you yeah. have today? Saying all this, uh, I I I think that uh, like I I realized while thinking of what we did in the last episodes that when we were discussing like uh, consequences of um, of monotheism, yeah. we did not mention one relatively important, especially on the area how religion presents itself in the world. Oh. Uh, and uh, we touched upon a number of different features uh, of that monotheistic religion over the polytheistic religion, but yeah. we, uh, I, I, I did not mention one which I would like to return to okay. uh, now, and that is that monotheistic religions has that propensity to generate some form of deep-seated insecurity and need for self-validation. And I see it especially in, uh, in a major um, shift how the religion presents itself uh, in the life of its believers. Mm. I became aware of it uh, when I started to study traditional tribal religions. Uh, for me, it was mostly through the contact of Polynesian people in Hawaii. But you can uh, see it uh, studying some other traditional uh, polytheistic systems around the world. Because while these traditional religions, uh, they have the tendency of protecting their faith. You know, they have their practices, prayers, their knowledge. Uh, they have their places of worship, either uh, under open sky or some shrines. But they are the, the access is limited to all of this, while uh, people are generally pushed away <laughs> rather than pu pulled in. Huh. Uh, they need to earn trust and be admitted in, hmm. while faith in major monotheistic religions is the exact opposite. They yeah. have this missionary tendency yeah. and and to pull people in and the more the better yeah. often you know of course there are then gray areas uh, for instance when certain aspects of religion are treated like uh, mystery you know where you need to gain access like through uh, baptism to um, to communion say within the christianity and and so on but generally they are 
mission-oriented religions, while those traditional tribal religions are closed religions. Mm. And missionary religions seek validation. I think that that's what is behind it. They, they seek validation in converting others. Right. The they more, they the want more to, they convert, the better, yeah. The, the, the better own. you are. You, yeah. you know, we came across that when, we, uh, when there was an article about our church uh, recently in New York Times. And uh, then there were like spin-offs, you know, reactions to it, partly uh, in the comments written right uh, beneath mm-hmm. it uh, uh, on the New York Times website, but also several other... Um, more conservative Christian journals published uh, reactions to that article in New York Times. And all of them were saying, what they are telling us, this is a small church of barely 100 people, you know. (laughs) Just look at Redeemer Presbyterian Church with their 5,000 worshippers. You know, as if yeah. Uh, the number of worshippers, so <laughs> yeah. something like that, was a guarantee of truth. Right. You, you know, this is like an anecdote, of course, but you can observe that through and through. Numbers, you know, numbers, that, that the yeah. numbers do matter to these people and they take it as validation that they are right because yeah. God is blessing them with converts. Right. They have to be right because they have so many converts. Right. But. You know, that is exactly what I mean by this uh, deep-seated insecurity within the heart of that faith Mm. and Mm -hmm. seeking validation through mission exploits. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not ridiculing it. I'm only noting it that there is this clear difference between these two approaches to religion. While those who are secure in their faith are surrounded with divine all around them, Mm. they aspire to live in harmony with the world and divine in the world. Mm. And they don't need this kind of validation. You know, again, I'm simplifying it to, to make it clearer you know, of course, there are areas where these two uh, distinct categories overlap. But uh, so these traditional religions, they tend to protect their faith, their yeah. self-understanding, their understanding of divine. And they really are frugal in, in passing it on. Of course, they need to. Otherwise, they'll go extinct. But they approach that with uh, great care. Because they, they, it's a value for them. Yeah. It's, it's a deep value which they don't want to share easily. While those mission-oriented religions <laughs> are the exact opposite. Almost like the more we share it, the better it'll be, the greater mm-hmm. value there'll be in it, which is, I think, a folly. It's, it's, it's not how it is. It's definitely not my faith. And, in, you know, I learned that the hard way growing up under communism when Christianity was not a, 
respected, not accepted, was being suppressed. Uh, we were just very few of us uh, living there, uh, trying to keep faith. And, uh, you, you know, the appeal to numbers definitely did not cut it for us. You know, communists could fill easily, partly by coercion, uh, the full squares, yeah. you, you, you know, with red flags and everything. While we were a handful of people worshiping in, in you know, uh, in churches uh, and being pushed into the churches, almost like into a ghettos. Mm. We, we did everything we could to get out of those ghettos, but numbers are definitely not uh, the things which uh, would validate, you know, truthfulness of, of belief or truthfulness of religion or uh, these kind of things. So um, I, I just wanted to point it out. And I think that generally monotheistic religions uh, have this tendency to validate themselves through outer uh, yeah. uh, signs say, yeah. of success, of numbers, and these other things, uh, and to project. Hmm. It's mainly, though, Christianity, though, right? Or, or is it true in other mono monotheistic religions? I, I, I think that it, it would be to a to, to large extent, because, you, you know, then they project this power, uh, or the power in numbers, or something like that, in different ways. Yeah. You know, and 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 I, and again, I, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to ridicule that. Uh, it's it's part of. But you, you know, all the minarets and muezzins singing, as 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 picturesque and beautiful as, as it is for Arabic countries, is a similar projection. Mm -hmm. You know, this mm -hmm. land belongs to us. We mm -hmm. are the overwhelming power behind it, mm -hmm. and uh, conform or. Yeah. be confined into, again, ghettos yes. or something yes. like that. You, you know, that's, uh, that's one of the, uh, one of the, or, uh, you, you know, Jewish faith these days is not like that. Yeah. But that hasn't been always the case. Mm. Uh, in, in early Christian times, there was this tension between uh, Judaism or rabbinic Judaism uh, back there, back then, and and Christianity, you mm. know, and and both were mission active. And there is a remnant of it, say in Gospel of Matthew, where it is put into the mouth of Jesus, but it is more uh, uh, clearly an um, reaction of early church, mm. where we hear, "Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites!" Mm -hmm. For you cross sea and land to make a single convert, and you make the new convert twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. That's Jesus? Uh, no, it's not Jesus. I said this oh. is put into Jesus' mouth right, in but gospel, I, but it is clearly <laughs> a reaction. Uh, it is clearly an import from oh the my God. Uh, uh, from uh, or definitely influenced by early church experience. Oh you, you know, so they were competing against each other in in their missionary activities, and mm. that's the other consequence of that. That 
of that monotheization that our take on divine and on religion is the right while yours is not that was what we were discussing yeah. in i don't know was it episode seven or something like that i think uh, yeah. when we talked about the consequences of monotheism yes. that there is this inherent intolerance uh, in monotheism, because if there is only one God, there is also only one way to relate to that God. Right. And therefore, uh, it has to be my religion over your religion. Yes. You know, yes. And, and it's simply by the simple logic of uh, there are ways to mitigate that. And I think that uh, many churches and many religions found those ways of mitigating it, of being more tolerant towards other ways, so rec recognizing there are those stories like, you know, it is like a church on the top of the hill and there are different paths leading towards it. So, you know, God is like the church on the top of the hill and uh, different religions or different confessions simply lead towards the same place, uh, but from different parts of the world and therefore they lead uh, by different directions. Uh, so these are a ways of mitigating this, yes. but deep in the logic of one God is also that there can be predominantly just one right religion yeah. And therefore, if it is, and we always tend to believe that that's mine religion. Yeah. <laughs> so your religion or your confession or yeah. something like that has to be wrong by definition. Right. Okay. So the, 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 this is the situation with that. Uh, and um, now, you know, now is are 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 some of the other evangelical uh, tinged passages that Jesus says, mm -hmm. do you feel like those are also like put into his mouth by... by, by oh, without any doubt. that We would need to give uh, or have a full, at least one or several episodes about mm. it. But what we have in the Bible, uh, in the Gospels, is at least one and a half generation after his life. Right. Uh, and especially John. Oh, John, definitely. Yeah. But uh, you know, even synoptical gospels, so Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke. Uh, we should actually start with Mark because that's probably the oldest one. Uh, there is uh, overwhelming uh, understanding that Mark is the uh, Mark is the oldest. But uh, that's at least a generation, if not a generation mm -hmm. and a half afterwards. They had a marvelous memory in oral cultures, uh, so they they would remember uh, that uh, and pass it on. But still, it it existed in oral culture, so uh, it 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 got influenced mm. by the changing times, uh, mm -hmm. changing environment. The other thing is Jesus spoke in Galilee and Judea, while. These Gospels were clearly written in a Hellenistic world outside of Galilee and Judea. Mm. You know, there are more legends there, but so they were influenced by their environment. Right. So everything we have are not ipsissima verba Jesu, which means uh, the very words of Jesus. Right. You know, we don't have that. Yeah. You know, we are in some areas, we can think that we are getting very close to it. 
but in other areas, uh, it, it's it's how it got processed in the early church, yeah. in, in among those who were passing that information on. My teacher from Prague, uh, Petr Pokorny, uh, has a beautiful saying that we don't see Jesus directly, mm. but we see uh, his. Uh, his image through reflection mm. on the eyes of his first believers. That's interesting. You know, we see Jesus's reflection on the eyes of his first believers. Yeah. And I, I, I just like that I image like very that. much. Yeah. Uh, and, and that tells you, you, you know, how it yeah. is. Uh, yeah. And, you know, if they were blinking <laughs> here and there, then, <laughs> yeah, then you know, we don't, we, we, <laughs> we, we don't see that particular part. Mm. for instance, uh, or we see some other areas lifted up, mm-hmm. uh, make sharper, perhaps mm. even, um, mm-hmm. reflected and influenced by the color of their eyes, Yes. for instance, yes. Uh, you, you know, so yeah. uh, that's, uh, but returning back to this, uh, I, I think that it is something we, as a mono, people of monotheistic faith, we need to be constantly aware of. Uh, that uh, our approach to religion is, by definition, influenced by certain given facts about our faith. Yes. And so be cautious of this uh, drive towards proving ourselves or confirming our faith yes. by numerical success. Uh, right. it's, it's not anything of that kind. You, 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 and, and there are other areas uh, in, 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 in our faith tradition which are reminding of us of that uh, fact. Uh, uh, in, in Torah, uh, in Exodus, there is this strong reminder that you should not follow majority in wrongdoing. Mm. When you bear witness in a lawsuit, you should not side with the majority to, uh, to pervert justice. You know, of course, this is mostly into a judicial area, but that belongs to faith area as well. You know, majority is not a proof of truth. Uh, scientific truth uh, and also truth in religion mm. is not decided by, by majority. That's uh, perversion of democracy. You know, democracy is primarily the majority is to decide not about what is true, but how we should govern ourselves. Mm-hmm. You cannot use democratic principles to decide the laws of mathematics or physics or chemistry or anything else. And even within how we should rule ourselves, we should always remember that minority needs to be protected. That's the other part of it. So even in the area fully uh, in the realm of democratic vote, we should always remember and remind ourselves that minorities need to be protected. Yeah. Racial, yeah. Uh, faith minorities, cultural minorities, 
um, gender minorities and all of those, uh, they need to be protected. Because there is this folly, this, uh, uh, this wrong understanding of democracy that it is just the rule of majority no matter what. And that would be very, very scary world. Mm -hmm. So returning back, uh, you know, numbers are not telling you who is right or who is not. What is the right religion or what is wrong religion? And, you know, what's happening with the Internet and with followers on your social media mm -hmm. and numbers and all of this gives me gives me less hope that people will find a way to turn toward the minority and in their own life, in their own, and get away from groupthink. Originally, uh, internet was welcomed as a possibility of connecting people right. of these minorities. Right. Which I think is still true. Mm. We need to, again, learn or be to become aware of the fact that, again, even here, the numbers are not everything. And the other thing is that we learned in 2016, or in the run-up to 2016 election, uh, how these numbers can be easily manipulated. You know, if you have a farm of uh, internet... Trolls. Uh, not necessarily trolls, mm. but influencers, you know, mm. or... Uh, paid uh, people who pretend to be yeah. something else and connected with uh, uh, bots, yeah. you know, computer bots, uh, you can hype up uh, these numbers uh, very, very easily. Yeah. You know, you can pay either directly or indirectly through advertisement, through Facebook, say, or through uh, other means. Uh, to, to get these fake likes or and, and project numbers. But I think that people are getting clever and are recognizing uh, that that is the reality and the numbers don't always reflect. And, you know, in the end, it'll be always a work of, uh, of your mind yes. and demand on your mind to... Um, to make judgments for yourself as much as it might be difficult. Yes. <laughs> it's, yes. it's, in the end, it's like, like, you know, a century ago. Yeah. You know, you yeah. read the book, you made your judgment, you decided, do I want or do yes. I don't want to take it seriously or uh, check uh, other references, uh, you know, in, in a slightly different context of modern internet communication. The same thing. Same process, yeah. Same process. Finally, you are the screener. You are the decision maker. Yeah. And, and your friends and contacts and, and so on. And, and you know, I, I prefer, simply because of my upbringing and everything, the non-conformist uh, approaches and attitudes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I just like it because that's on fringes where there are not that many people. Yeah the most interesting things happen. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's where the most of the zest of life yes. is, is happening and, and new ideas are being born, not in the centers of power, yeah. but on the fringes. Yes.
seek out the fringes. Let's leave our listeners with that. Sure. How's that? Good. That's where something interesting might be. Pastor Andrew, thank you once again. Thank you, thank you, Peter.